Hey, welcome to Film vs. Movie, the podcast where we debate the cinema you hate. I'm your co-host, Belton Delane Facey. And I'm Chris Scher. And on this podcast, we watch the films that have been slandered, desecrated, and shoved out of orbit by public opinion. And one of us tells you why it's actually pretty good. And that'll be me. And one of us tells... Oh, wait, no. Yeah, it'll that'll be, be me this <laughs> That's time. my bad. Uh, and one of us will tell you why it's a heaping pile of shit. And that'll be me. And today's movie is 2022's Moonfall. Moonfall is, to give a brief synopsis, it's about the moon falling out of orbit. Astronauts uh, have to go save the Earth, and it turns out it's part of an alien invasion. The moon is a man-made megastructure. From primordial humans. So basically, like... A billion years ago, the time was a little, it's got to be longer than that. The earth is like 4 billion years old. Well, I mean, according to real science. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but like, I thought they tried to fit it. All right, it doesn't matter. Very old. There was a primordial earth species or human species, and they built an AI that handled all their shit. And then the AI went bad because it's like, I'm not going to be a slave to a bunch of meat monkeys. And so it started killing all the humans. And so in response to that, and I'm not kidding here, the humans made a less aggressive AI who built moons in order to repopulate uh, humans around the galaxy, but only one moon it out, made it out, our moon. And then the angry AI came back and that's sort of what sets off all the plot of the movie is the angry AI who's a cloud of metallic sand attacks a bunch of astronauts. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure like all the lore you just explained is only dove into in the last half hour, something like that. Yeah, like 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, to give a bit more of a detailed synopsis of, uh, of the movie. So Patrick Wilson and Holly Berry are NASA astronauts. As we get in the movie, they're attacked by an alien. Holly Berry gets knocked out immediately. Their other crew member dies. Patrick Wilson is dismissed from NASA when he... He claims it's an alien attack because that's what he saw. Ten years later, a conspiracy theorist named Casey, he, uh, who believes the moon is an artificial megastructure, he notices the moon falling out of orbit. NASA notices the same thing. So them and Brian get together to save the planet, and they discover it's caused by alien. The, uh, the trio go into space, go into the moon. That's when all the lore Chris just explained is fleshed out. And Casey sacrifices himself to send the moon back into orbit and save the planet. And he is downloaded into the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he becomes part of like the moon's computer system. The last shot is he's in like a hologram room and it's he's talking to his Alzheimer ridden mom. And they're like, he's like, am I dead? And they're like, well, we downloaded your mind into the moon roll credits <laughs> yeah so th uh, this movie was written and directed by roland emmerich he's known for a lot of disaster movies like independence day day after tomorrow white house down and so this was actually a passion project of his after he said he wanted to make a movie about a meteor hitting earth which is similar to uh, to this uh, right after independence day but he uh, he didn't do it because he ended up uh, directing 1998's godzilla 
oddly enough, 1998 saw two movies about a meteor head towards Earth and Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yeah, it's just bad timing. Yeah, I, it, there is a term of Hollywood twin movies when two Hollywood mo movies with a similar concept come out within a year of each other. There is a world where we got Hollywood triplets, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and I want to see the three of them just battle it out. I feel like it would have done better. This like would have killed in the early two thousands. Oh yeah, well, uh, cause shit got wild in the early two thousands. Dude, Bruce Willis would have acted in it. Like you just had like this really cool cast of fun people. It would have had like, uh, who's the uh, ah, shit dude? I'm so Christopher Walken would probably have been in it. Uh, who's the dude who plays the creepy guy in Billy Madison? And you know he's got like, the scrunched up face. He was a firefighter during nine eleven. Oh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi would have been in it. I think I'm just naming the cast of Armageddon, but. <laughs> <laughs> like the cast of Armageddon all get the script and they're like, yeah, let's run it back. Dude, I would watch the shit out of that movie, but yeah. it have to be like AI Bruce Willis. Uh, oh, like. yeah. <laughs> like ben, uh, ben Affleck actually plays Holly Berry's role. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this was a passion project uh, uh, of his. He had originally sold the rights to Universal where. It was just in development hell for years. Went no where once he got the rights back, he went to Cannes Film Festival and got a whole lot of backers for for the film. Um, a lot of the budget ended up still being his own money, but at a hundred, a little north of a hundred forty million dollars, it's considered one of the most expensive independent films of all time. Okay, I've got a question for you. When you say you went to Cannes, you went with out of finished product, right? He just went there and like talked up this movie about the moon hitting the earth. Yeah, he literally went there and pitched a project to a bunch of people with money and they gave it to him. Oh my God, dude, I want to be in that industry. I want to <laughs> just go to people with crazy. I just want to be like, all right, here's the idea. It's called Gremlin Penis. It's about a guy and he develops a gremlin penis, but like anytime he fucks, it gets wet. So it just eats whoever he's fucking. It, I need $175 million. Oh my God. I personally... Th uh, I think every year, like some sort of film community should just vote on a well-established director to just get a blank $150 million budget for any film they want. Dude. Like, could you imagine Wes Anderson with a Marvel budget? <laughs> <laughs> but like, maybe they just have to shoot outside of their like typical style. Like, I want to see Wes Anderson with a Marvel budget try and do like a Marvel movie. Like, just give them, make it as weird as possible. Or maybe everyone just has to shoot their own moon falling into the earth movie. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone gets the same uh, same prompt, but it's like all about what you do with it. Um, Roland Emmerich has said that th this movie draws a lot of inspiration from the book Who Built the Moon, which is about a conspiracy theory that th the moon is an artificial megastructure and is controlled by, uh, by aliens, uh, which is... Surprisingly, in the nonfiction section, wherever you look for books. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah, because it talks about the, consp the conspiracy theory. Now, a lot of this has been disproven because apparently a lot of theory is centered around the idea that the moon has no core, which is just not true. Like, it, it's not even one of those th things where it's like, I see how you got there. It's just false. Wait, okay. So, is the book about the conspiracy theory, or is the book saying? That the conspiracy theory is true. It's saying it's true. Oh, okay. but, uh, like I think the tone of the book is best summed up by, uh, uh, by this 
five star review of it I found on Amazon. <laughs> um, th- this guy s- uh, says uh, the title of it is "Just Waking Up," um, and he says, "Why don't we hear more about this? So sad that most scientists are afraid to risk. Even ancient alien series is afraid of this topic." Just finished reading for the second time. <laughs> Some is outdated since it's 2023, but fascinating. Five stars. Some is outdated since it's 2020. I'm just like imagining he's like, all of it is fact, but like they use a couple racially insensitive terms in it. So it's just like that part of it's outdated. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not politically correct, but I believe in everything that they're saying. They're like moon part true, but they also like use the word oriental a couple of times. So it's pretty outdated if you ask me. Yeah. It's like, uh, 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 yeah, like, yes, the moon is run, uh, run by humans. Surprisingly, not the Jews. <laughs> this movie, also, they actually collaborate with NASA for a lot of this. NASA provided a lot of uh, um, their people as advisors for uh, for the film. And they provided a real shell cockpit for shooting. Damn. Do they, okay, do they, do you pay NASA for that? Or is, like, NASA putting money into Moonfall? Um, it probably de- depends on the f- uh, uh, on the film. It might. Uh, I mean, they did promote NASA a lot, so that might uh, that might have been part of it. They also promoted Lexus a lot. <laughs> 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 I'm just like cracking up where they're like, "Yeah, NASA's like this movie made us look good." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so. Uh, uh, I mean, there is uh, there is an invested interest like among the scientific community because a lot of them are aware that uh, that a lot of people's perception of that is determined by movies. So a lot, uh, so a lot of them are like, we want to make sure we look as good as possible. However, the filmmakers are up to their discretion to just ignore them. <laughs> uh, like, because I remember I saw uh, I saw something where I. Uh, and it's something with I think the screenwriters of Ant Man, where they're saying like they talk to actual physicists to determine uh, okay theoretically what would the quantum realm look like, and they got all these detailed notes, and they were like that would look boring, and they went with their own thing. <laughs> well, it's like isn't the first Top Gun the greatest piece of Navy propaganda ever created? Oh yeah, absolutely. They have the numbers to back up that after that movie came out, a lot of dudes signed up for the Navy. But you also know what was one of the greatest pieces of Navy propaganda ever? The uh, the village people. They made that song in the Navy. Village people are also a really big Navy piece of, I guess, propaganda, like an enlistment piece of information where they, you know, that song like in the Navy. It's very oh, homoerotic. Yeah. I, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm just uh, I'm just thinking like a lot of mu- uh, musicians get like brand deals through music, like w- one of the biggest uh, ones with run dmc has a song called my adidas like i'm just uh, uh, imagining like the village pe- uh, people saying that was navy it's just like all right how much money are y'all gonna give us to make this song <laughs> they're like how gay are you willing to make it because like, <laughs> we're the village people so you've got to know what you're doing right like you could have gone to mick jaggers <laughs> <laughs> but you came here so <laughs> all right and so uh, back to the production of this. This was very affected by the COVID pandemic. Um, it was originally supposed to shoot in spring 2020. It got pushed back to October of that, that year. Um, originally, Michael Pena's uh, 
the character was supposed to be played by Stanley Tucci, but he uh, uh, was in the UK, so he couldn't m get to shooting due to travel restrictions. They managed to find an extra $5.6 million for, uh, for the budget to deal with COVID restrictions. And like one of the biggest things while they were sh uh, shooting, be because they couldn't shoot on location, they built 135 different sets for this movie. What do you mean? Like across a bunch of sound stages, so something like when they're when they're walking across the country to Colorado, something like that, they were probably actually going to just shoot shoot on location in some town somewhere. They couldn't do that, so they had to build that set on a soundstage. Do you think that's why they ended up in that shanty town rather than just like a regular town? Uh, oh, pro uh, probably because that was also something wh uh, while watching the uh, the movie I thought of is usually in the disaster movie you see like crowds of people doing crazy things uh, to survive. They didn't have much of that here, probably because of COVID restrictions. They could they had to limit the number of people they had on set. Yeah, I mean they really only had like what three main buildings in the whole movie. Yeah, the, I mean that uh, that's also probably probably why when they're traveling to Colorado, it's just the same group of rednecks that keep bothering <laughs> them. <laughs> they did there was that that one barn and the fire department. <laughs> All right, there was like a few buildings, I admit that, but And so also it was supposed to originally come out in October 2021, but their Canadian distributor thought it was too risky to release it. Uh, and at the time, since they were saying like, oh, not a lot of people are still going to the theaters. So it got pushed back to early 2022 and it flopped at the box office on on his massive budget. It only made 60, a little north of 67 million dollars. It lost its opening weekend to Jackass Forever. That was a good movie, though. Yeah. I And look, I. I don't like wish any movie to fa uh, to fail really, but uh, but the idea of like this big budget movie losing to a franchise that's just had the tone of high school dropouts with a camcorder is hilarious. <laughs> well, dude, they know what people want, and those jackass guys they like really put their life on the line, and I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm gonna support these guys. Oh yeah, that's true. Like. They're going to keep making jackass movies because they have medical bills. <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying to the ending where, uh, where the conspiracy guy is just part of the moon's AI or whatever. Emmerich said that if this was successful, there would be two even crazier sequels, which I think we as a general public deserve to know what those would have been. I, they could release it as like a book and I'd read it. Oh, oh yeah they had me I did, like it wasn't a good movie but they had me hooked at the end they at the end i was just like dude i need two more of these i like i need it like heroin where i was just like i need to know what they fucking they made the guy just a part of the moon computer like it <laughs> ended on such a weird note that i need to know what they're doing next <laughs> oh my god it's like it's like Roland Emmerich. I want, I want to see how he turns this into another disaster movie. Because going through his movies, he's running out of world to destroy. I want, I want to see. He's like, oh yeah, now we just have beef with Mars. The moon is going to crash into Mars. Cause fuck them. I, I was, I was like, okay, maybe another moon shows up, and that one starts falling, and like the other moon starts falling too. So now it's two moon fell. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> moon fell too or i yeah just because uh, uh, they had to go fight the aliens right that was like the only conceivable that's the thing though like that seems like what you would do but in this movie they could do anything and that's what i wanted i wanted to find out like what were they thinking was next what conspiracy theory were they gonna cover after this? <laughs> <laughs> like like roland emmerich just ha has in his home just has a wall of conspiracy th it, there's just, just like there's another movie in here he's like moonfall 2 the 9-11 was a false flag movie <laughs> you're just like oh damn okay how are you gonna fit that one in <laughs> All right. Well, now is time for our opening statements. Would you like to start? I can start. Um, Moonfall is a crowded movie that can't figure out what it wants to be. The plot is all over the place for a movie about the moon hitting Earth. The characters are forgettable and it ran 25 minutes too long. It would have been a very solid six episode Netflix series or a half decent 90 minute movie. All right. My opening statement. Over the course of Moonfall, the master of disaster himself, Roland Emmerich, gives his audience what they've come to enjoy from him while mixing up some of his usual elements in a new way. This film is pure craft and artistic expression and should be appreciated as such. I'm sure 10 years from now, we'll look back and wish we didn't let this film fail at the box office. Okay, honestly, you got me there. I really wish we didn't let it fail at the box office. I wish it broke even. Like... <laughs> Like, uh, uh, maybe he'll just find another $140 million somewhere to make his sequels. I, uh, I, I'll go to Cannes and start, like, fucking pitching it. <laughs> I, I know, just start uh, selling cookies. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, you got an opening point? Yeah, wanna... so uh, uh, <clears throat> so I do want to say, uh, say that, like, uh, uh, Emmerich, he's become, uh, he's kind of defined the disaster genre for a bit. And so with uh, that, he does have his... Uh, his usual sta staples and i would say he tried he he mixed up the elements a bit i think a bit a big one is that is that the main two characters usually they're strangers he actually gave them a grievance to work through and and use that for real character development what was the grievance the uh, the grievance is that uh, is that Patrick Wilson got kicked out of uh, of NASA and Halle Berry didn't stick up for him at all after he saved her life. Wait, you think Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson were the main characters? I thought it was Patrick. Wait, his name's Patrick Wilson, right? It, that's the actor. Okay, yeah, Pat. I thought it was Patrick Wilson and Casey Stewart. That's his last name, right? Sorry, I'm blanking. I'm never good with names. Uh, uh yeah. Houseman, Casey Houseman. Casey Osmond, yeah, yeah, he was in. Game I of thought Thor. those were the two main characters. I thought Halle Berry was essentially there to facilitate their path. Well, uh, well, those are the two ca uh, characters with uh, with the biggest uh, uh, dynamic. I thought ca uh, I felt ca uh, Casey because uh, the movie start uh, starts with them and ends with them. Case uh, Casey is the tertiary ca uh, character who's with them, but like. Kind of a and kind of a side like he's he's also used for comic relief a lot throughout the movie, but I would uh, but I would say the uh, the film is more focused on the dynamic between those two. Uh, I, I I like I don't maybe I'm just in it because I was like I love the grizzled astronaut with the nerdy conspiracy theorists like that's my favorite part of any movie. But it, to me, it really seemed like they were sort of the leading edge of this. And everything Halle Berry had to do was just kind of like, 
I don't know. It was almost like the filler to sort of explain what was going on with the other two characters. But I feel like that might just be a matter of opinion. I I don't feel like it was just filler to to explain that because she had her own storyline and art just uh, just like they did. Also, she never like apologized and they barely brought up what happened beforehand. It's called subtext. Yeah, like but they- like... Literally, she was just like, sorry, I sold you out to the congressional hearing and like your entire life got destroyed. And then they're like, all right, now we're going to the moon. Like they just never there was never really any addressing of the issue other than she was like, they lied to me. And he's like, they lied. They're like, they lied to me. And she was like, they lied to me, too. They were lying to everyone. And then they kind of just like brush past it. Other than that one line where he's like, thank you for bringing me here. And he was real sarcastic. Like, I don't, I don't, I just feel like it was a very unresolved conflict towards them that they brushed past really quickly. Well, part of it was to get to the action. I think another part of it was, especially Patrick Wilson's character, he was, he was real grizzled and kind of, and kind of closed off from people at the, at that point. So I don't think it would be in his character to, to really bring up a heartfelt conversation directly like that. Okay, yeah, that kind of brings me to one of the other issues I have in this movie is I feel like very often they say something about the character and then they just sort of expect the audience to accept it. At the very end, Casey Houseman is just like, he hasn't forgiven him himself about his friend's death. I don't think they even, there is not one second of that movie where it seems like he's blaming himself for his friend's death. I think he's just more upset about like his life falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> like it not at one point was he just like, sorry, Dan, I forget the other character's name who died, but like there never is he like, uh, it should have been me, Dan. He's just like, oh man, my son fucked up. Like it, he's so focused on what's going on now. I just feel like they, they're just like, oh yeah, he's really upset about it. And because that is what would happen in other movies where they actually lay out that sort of theory. They expect the audience to accept it. Well, I'm not sure they expect the audience to accept it. I think that uh, that was like a med uh, commentary j- uh, joke because that does happen in other movies. So, K- so Casey say- saying that is just him postulating based on what uh, what's going on because he doesn't actually have the context that. Uh, that they do, due, due to the fact they don't directly talk about it. Yeah, but like it, the way it's written and presented in the movie makes it really seem like he does have the context. Because he, they go from the scene in the hotel where they're like, you gotta go, we gotta go to the moon. And he's like, all right, I'm bringing my buddy. He's my friend. They like establish that the relationship is solid between them. He's not going anywhere without Casey Houseman. I never... Ex- I they weren't fr- uh, friends. I think he uh, uh, he was just aware. It's like okay, this conspiracy guy is right. He knows stuff. He will be helpful later. No, I feel it because then he he also had that line earlier. Okay, also in that hotel, they just have a diner on the second floor, like a 1950s style diner. <laughs> That's the coolest hotel ever. Like you literally, they're in like a bar or like a. Uh, lobby room or whatever and then they go upstairs and they're just like in a separate diner but they're on the second floor 
they're they're in the same hotel yeah. and they're in a full on like different restaurant that's in the hotel. Well, yeah, some hotels have restaurants on a higher floor so that you have a view. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm just like that. Sorry, a little off track. Um, but he's like, he's like, you know, no one ever believed me to either. He's like, no one. Mm. I tried to tell people the truth, but he he wasn't like I tried to tell people the truth, but I failed my friend. I'm telling. They build the relationship. They build it up where they're like, it's me and you, buddy. We we both went through the same thing. And then Casey Houseman is just like, oh, yeah, he hasn't forgiven himself for his friend's death. But there is like not a single moment within the entire movie before that where that's actually shown. They just say it and they kind of expect the audience to be like, yeah. Uh, well, I think K Casey overall uh, was just like, also just very cocky in what uh, in what he knew that was his character because i mean he uh, he was a conspiracy theorist that was proven right and they just played that up i didn't uh, that's fair that's fair but i still i think they did it a few other times where they're like the son is troubled and other he was going to jail but that was act in reality that was actually just like a shitty situation but they keep kind of portraying him they're like Oh, his dad is disgraced. He's a troubled kid. He's just a regular fucking kid. Like he's a very nice dude the entire time who has like a handle on a situation. Well, I mean, then, uh, I mean, then they also blatantly say like, "Oh, he just had like drugs on him that wasn't his, and that uh, and that was why he went to jail." Yeah, and but I feel like they also try to portray him as like this troubled kid. And they're like, "He's in prison." Like they try to do the like, "Oh, I'm fighting for my troubled son." uh routine but it's just like a shitty situation i'm not sure i'm not sure they they were trying to say his son was trouble i think they were trying to show he's kind of distanced from uh, from his parents which uh, uh, which does seem up uh, upheld th uh, throughout the uh, relationships and the way everyone ta uh, everyone talks ab uh, about him like because uh, uh, because uh, like patrick wilson uh, uh, shows up and uh, and like are argue argues like not uh, uh, clearly knowing like the bare bones of the situation and then when he talks to his stepdad he's like why don't you do he's like i sent a lawyer what do you want me to do <laughs> <laughs> also i feel like maybe i was reading into it not too much but like the the stepdad essentially just being like i sent a lawyer there's nothing i can do I feel like kind of got written off where it's just like, oh, he's this troubled kid. He doesn't want to deal with the step. Like the stepdad doesn't want to put very much effort into him. He's going to get abandoned in the prison. Like, I don't, I just feel like they tried to write a character that wasn't quite there. Okay. Uh, yeah. That, that's the thing with a lot of disaster movies. Disaster movies just hate stepdads. Like, <laughs> like if you are a man actively involved in, in your biological ch uh, child's life and you have a sort of government job, you're surviving the disaster. If your ex is married, that guy is not. That's fair. Um, Okay, can I just, I, I've been like going on my points for a minute, but I just yeah. want to talk about one other thing really quickly. Yeah. I had issue believing Michael Pena as the dickish stepdad. I don't know, like I just, I feel like Stanley Tucci, it wouldn't have been a distraction, but Michael Pena, he just wasn't like, he didn't quite have a, enough personality to sell that actor choice. And I know it was like a villain, but I just, he needed like a little bit more like pizzazz or something. 
Also, he was a multimillionaire who owned a Lexus dealership. <laughs> That's all he owned is one Lexus dealership. And he had two houses, one in LA, one in Colorado. Okay. It, it is possible he has other businesses <laughs> than, the, uh, than the Lexus de uh, dealership. Because it's a, it's one of those things where it's like a lot, uh, uh, a lot of rich people just buy businesses le uh, left and right. He just happened to be at the Lexus dealership that day. But it made it look like he was the manager of that Lexus dealership. What if we're reading this all wrong and he was actually just there to buy his fourth Lexus? Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, actually, I own the Maserati dealership next door. I was just here to laugh at people. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just want to see what the peasants are up to. <laughs> but, but yeah, with, with Michael Pena, that is very against uh, type for him, and I, I, and I do respect that. This is the reason some big names go uh, go to independent films is, uh, is so that they could try. Uh, and try different things, but it, uh, but it it does feel very much pa Michael Pena was a last minute choice because I don't think there's a single uh, role where anyone where anyone would fan cast it and be like, oh yeah, I'm thinking Michael Pena or Stanley Tucci. <laughs> like they're both great; they're just very different actors. Yeah. Has he ever done something dramatic before? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Because, like, he wasn't necessarily bad. I just had trouble like, seeing oh, him. Oh, yeah. He was in End of Watch. I've never seen that. Oh, I, I did see that. That was great. I will say he was really good in there. Right. But, but, I mean, even there, he he was kind of playing up his side, where it's, where it's like between him and Jake Gyllenhaal, it was a lot of joking around. It was, it was one of those movies where... Where it's like how well these guys got uh, got along uh, added to the drama later on. Solid performances, absolute propaganda, but solid performances. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I've just got one point to make because this also stood out to me. Uh, I don't know Patrick Wilson that well, but to me in that movie, he kind of looked like if of easel uh, an evil wizard cursed Will Arnett and took away all his humor. <laughs> 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 so Patrick uh, Wilson, he does mostly do a lot of horror. He was in uh, some of the Insidious movies, Conjuring movies, and um, I think I think his most pro uh, prominent role outside uh, outside of this and horror uh, horror movies, he was the villain in Aquaman. Oh, okay. So yeah, he he does do a lot of ser serious stuff, but I do fe feel like that's where his character was. Just kind of Jay keeps to, to himself. He he definitely relied on other cast members to bring stuff out of him. Yeah, I don't. When they kept my or Michael Pena kept being like, "Oh, maybe if you paid rent." He said that like 19 times and I was just like, they really, that was like a 10 second part of the movie that they're really harping on. Well, it, uh, well, that's a 10 second part that really establishes where his character is at, at, at and like how, uh, how the beginning where he gets kicked out of NASA had a big impact on him. Okay. Also, I feel like flight engineer astronaut can be applicable to other parts of the world. 
Like he could have ended up being like a structural engineer somewhere. Like to be an astronaut, you really have to be on top of your shit. You're not just like a pilot. Yeah, yeah, but he he was dishonorably discharged from NASA, or uh, I don't know if that's the correct term, but he uh, but he was fired under bad terms. He was disgraced. Yeah, he uh, yeah, they, NASA probably sl uh, slandered him. He's not going to use him as a job reference. <laughs> He's like, I landed the plane, like no power, no power. And they're like, yeah, but like you also said aliens did it. And he's like, well, space is weird. Space shit happens. Like I landed the plane. So like I'll sell the car, but I'll also tell him aliens also made the car. <laughs> he's like, I could do a lot of shit. Just I'm going to tell you aliens are involved in the middle. Yeah. And so, uh, and so I'll, also I will. Uh, uh, I will uh, say I think the movie the uh, does uh, does like a fairly good job for uh, uh, for a disaster movie of being like anti-establishment. Like it's the uh, like it's the military that uh, that's a secondary threat they have to de uh, deal with. It, it, even Na even NASA is made. Uh, is made out to be the bad guy at times, and things only work well when uh, when all the people who are really running NASA leave. That's true. Um, I kind of like I I understand what you're saying, and I like parts of that too. But they also had some like weird parts to show that part of the like the anti-authoritarian stuff, where it's like, why'd they have the random guy who landed on the moon and was just, they had him in like a warehouse out in Maryland and he just had a wheelchair and a gun and he handed files to people and then presumably killed himself off screen. Well, uh, I thought that was kind of a weird part of the movie. I feel like they could have just handed her the file and walked off. I, I, I mean, uh, first of all, I just want, uh, want to say that one scene was one of the 135 sets they built. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that one scene. <laughs> well, I uh, well, I mean, going back to that, he because uh, his whole thing was uh, was to keep things on uh, under uh, under wraps. So uh, so yeah, NASA is gonna try to put him in a hole as, uh, as much as they can, and uh, in a place where they uh, they could re uh, they could reach him. So. Uh, uh, so I mean, it does make sense for uh, for him to be like real secretive and mysterious about it. Yeah, I just feel like, I don't know. They could have like killed him. Yeah, it, there's just like a lot of stuff going on there where I'm like, I don't know if they needed that shot. I feel like when he was when the acting director of NASA left, he could have just like slapped a folder into her hands and then walked off, and she'd be like, "What's Project X10 Zulu?" Well, I mean, it's uh, it's something uh, where, like, by going there, she actually wor uh, works for it instead of it ju uh, just being handed to her being a coincidence. But like, the work was just going there. She didn't have to do anything special. She didn't have to convince the wheelchair guy. She literally just was like, "Okay, I'm here," and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna spill my guts." Uh, yeah, she went all the way down to a hole in like Maryland <laughs> or something. <laughs> Really, I think this is a matter of opinion, but I kind of, there are parts where I'm like, you guys know that the moon's about to hit the earth and like destroy everything, right? Where they're just like, oh no, one of the engines is wet. We might as well just send everyone home so they don't die. And it's like, no, get them working because the moon's going to hit the earth. 
they're all going to die no matter what, unless like you stop the moon from hitting the earth. Well, they didn't have, uh, it was an entire engine that didn't work. They didn't have the, it needed to be replaced, which they couldn't just do do in ten, in ten minutes. It the moon was going to hit them by time by the time it happened. So it it was like a mercy thing of like you you know what spend your last moments with your loved ones. Yeah, I I guess so. It just it was one of those things where I'm like, man, they like should at least have a few people there to problem solve. Yeah, and. And they did. They had exactly a few. They had two people. <laughs> three, three people, counting the conspiracy theorists. <laughs> who uh, who wasn't even on NASA's payroll. He saved the world for free. Yep. You think they're like going to honor him? They should. Or they're just going to be like, uh, yeah. Uh. Or uh, or it's going to be part of another NASA cover. I was like, we can't let the world know we were saved by conspiracy theorists. <laughs> <laughs> that, that undermines us. Okay, can we move on to like the all right? So we covered the beginning. That was like we need to get to the end where we're just talking about when they get into space and like the whole freaking movie shifts real hard. I feel like it goes from like a sort of a movie about a government conspiracy to a true disaster movie in the last third of the movie, which I get. I'm not that's I'm not actually hating on that. That kind of makes sense where. If you run disaster for two hours straight, it's just going to be a little too chaotic and you'll never be able to build up. But really shifted once they got out into space. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of it is the whole uh, the whole reveal. It was just a lot of lore to put into the end. And uh, and once they were out in uh, in space, because like throughout the movie, they're, they're learning stuff about uh uh, about the aliens and i th- uh, i think that's something that uh, that was good to do uh, make them active in this investigation it's uh, it's just like the whole lore of like uh, 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 human ancestors having a perfect society building all uh, uh, all these structures it was a lot for uh, and it wasn't uh, something that like i think it uh, uh, I think it would have been more clever if it was more, uh, if it was more simple. And when they got there, they had to just like solve something real quick and uh, 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 to figure it out. I think they could have got not all of it, but like a little bit more information from the shady NASA guy. Yeah. Like if he could, if he was, if he gave like one thing where he's like, I don't know, maybe like the moon was created by previous ancestors that fought a war. And like, you you could be like, all right. So then when you get to the moon, they're like, here's what the war is about. Not like, oh, there was a war and there was moons and there was arcs. And we're going to mm-hmm. explain all this in five minutes. And then we're also going to give the main character super or no moon technology, superpowers. So we can open doors with his hands and like automatically start turrets firing randomly. Oh, oh yeah, they just made him Moon Neo. <laughs> <laughs> that was I was like I feel like they I don't know. Like they could have given him like a remote or something, but he was just like uh and like the Also, why they had so many guns and weapons up there and they didn't fire a single one at the aliens. Yeah, I uh, uh, yeah, I feel uh, I feel like I and they could uh, it, it feels uh, weird, like knowing they were under COVID uh, restrictions. It feels like they 
they could have uh, just add stuff th uh, throughout to like get, uh, give a bit more mystery and uh, and have things build up instead of just building an entire other world of uh, uh, of humans and have them go uh, uh, going through that because uh, uh, also like one th thing is like uh, according to uh, to this uh, lore i want to make sure i'm getting this right humans had this ideal society where they had uh, uh, no pro uh, no problems a uh, um they try uh, they try to build these moon structures ai d uh, destroyed them and then they put humans on earth and like erase their memory for uh, uh, for everything why uh, why they let humans just reinvent all the bad stuff <laughs> okay wait no so they didn't put humans back on earth i don't and like erase their memory that's not what i i understood it so they couldn't send humans in the moon because the aliens targeted organic matter covered in technology, which like it's a really like well-crafted puzzle piece to fit into this weird plot hole that they have where they're like, how do we explain why humans didn't just ride the moon to the earth? And they're like, well, okay, the alien hunt specifically what that would have been. Um, but also, no, I think they just like, jizz some DNA into the planet and then just let humans develop automatically. I never, yeah, that was kind of like, I don't think that they just put humans on. It wasn't like a Halo 5 kind of, or Halo 4 situation. They literally just like put DNA and let evolution happen naturally is what I thought. I like could have mistaken. Uh, uh, okay. I'm, uh, um, I don't feel like reading the Wikipedia page right now. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, but I mean, uh, with that, it was uh, it was just a lot of jam pa uh, pa uh, pack in uh, in like five uh, five minutes uh, uh, for the climax, and I think uh, and like uh, going back to like th uh, them making him like the superpower person within the moon. I think it would have been cooler if they like just upgrade the technology of their ship, and uh, and so uh, and so that uh, that way it. It doesn't entirely feel like they're uh, they're given uh, uh, something, but it uh, but it could explain like uh, just a little bit more. I don't think we need to go that in depth, and that uh, and then they can still uh, they can still actively uh, uh, solve the problem and work their way out. Yeah. Okay. Also, I don't. This is another one where I'm like, I don't know if this is like a fault with the movie or a fault with me. But by the time they got out of the moon and they're only in, they lose their space shuttle. So they're in like their lunar lander and they're like headed out of the tunnel from the center of the moon. I immediately was like, oh, there's no way they can get from the moon to earth in that kind of thing. And then I was like, oh yeah, I forgot the moon is right next to fucking <laughs> earth. And I'm like, I don't know if that's on me or the film. Where I'm like, I, that could be me being a dumbass. I mean, like, I'll admit that could be me being yeah, a dumbass. I mean, the, the film did make it very clear the moon is closer. <laughs> I know, but by the time they're inside the moon, I like just forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And then also the whole B plot of them trying to get to the bunker just to have the bunker get destroyed by the moon. <laughs> 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 to have the... Halle Berry's ex-husband hold the entire nuclear facility hostage with one single pistol 
just to have the whole bunker exploded. I, they all died, like right in the piece. Yeah. Of, I was like, uh, I don't know about that. Like, no, it's part of the anti-establishment thing. It's their comeuppance for, uh, for like about to put the world in danger because their their plan was to just send all of America's nukes at the moon, which still, uh, which will send all the parts of the moon right into Earth, killing a bunch of people, and then all, and then almost everyone would die from the radiation anyway. Okay, so, can we just bring it back to the fact that some dude went to Cannes? And started pitching, and he's like, "Okay, here's my movie about the moon falling into the earth." And they're like, "All right, that's kind of interesting." And he's like, "Yeah, there's this whole other plot where America's gonna nuke the moon." <laughs> and someone's like, "Bet that sounds like a great movie. Let's do it." Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a matter of Roland Emmerich is a very established director. He has connections, so. Uh, and most of his movies are financially successful, so he, so he can use that as leverage for for pitching. It's kind of like how James Cameron could go into a room and get funding for a movie he wants. Even <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron could walk in, into Fox Studios be. Be like, I need money for Avatar for Avatar twenty seven, and they're like, we haven't even put out Avatar three yet. Well, I have twenty seven ideas. <laughs> I'd watch mm. Avatar twenty seven. A different moon falls into a different Earth. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I uh, uh, honestly, it would be fu uh, funny if he went from uh, uh, from like Avatar th uh, three. Was it the way of? Uh, fire, and, and then the next one was uh, was just uh, Avatar: New Generations. <laughs> All right, so where are we looking? Should we move yep, into three it opposing points? It's time for our concessions. It, uh, this is where I uh, give three things I didn't like about the film, and Chris uh, gives three things she enjoyed. So the uh, the first thing I didn't like, I will uh, say, especially early on. The dialogue was very clunky and did a poor job establishing a, a, a lot of the relationships that should be close throughout the movie. I kind of got the feeling that they it was almost like they put into jet chat GPT and they're like, we need dialogue for the beginning of a disaster movie. And they're like, we got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was almost like in every scene when uh, when writing it, the, uh, there were three li lines where he's like, all right, this could be a meme. And, uh, <laughs> and that's all he w uh, and that's how every scene was written. All right. Um, something I liked about the movie, we already touched on this, but the last five minutes of the movie made me really want a sequel. <laughs> like they got me red handing, wanting to know what bat in bat shit insane direction they would take a sequel in. Releases a book. Just have was a, the the director call me up and be like, oh man, we had so many crazy ideas. And I'd be like, tell me them all because I want to think about them for the rest of my life. <laughs> I don't even need to see the movie though. Like just tell me the ideas and I think I could get the picture. Oh yeah. I uh, like I want to know what happened, but honestly uh, uh, honestly like I I would vote for a sequel to this movie over like restoring the Snyderverse. Like, <laughs> like, the, like that has has me more curious about what's going to happen than the end credit of Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, uh, my next uh, one. Um, 
uh, for a large part of a movie, for a disaster movie, there wasn't a, a huge sense of urgency. Like the fact um pa Patrick Wilson could meet this guy in, in a hotel. They they had a conference. The, ho the hotel gets flooded. They just sleep in the uh, uh, hotel. Uh, hotel and then th and then when they get to NASA, they wait around a bit uh, a bit more. It's like all while the the Earth is in danger. Is uh, it's it's like it, you should p pick up the pace and I'll, uh, and it's like the moon wasn't. Uh, uh, it's like the chunks of the moon that were hitting Earth. It's something like that should have ha should have happened sooner, and then uh, and then also like related to, uh, to that, it was weird how that guy just like sent a tweet and then everyone was in chaos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he well he, he activated what like the emergency broadcast system, but they don't even for a second explain how he was able to do that. I mean he. He was just able to like sneak into NASA as a janitor and then just use people's computers. That's the only thing I could think of. But that too. wasn't even NASA. That was University of California, <laughs> Irvine. <laughs> it wasn't even like UCLA or so. I don't know if Irvine's a good school, I, I'm, but is that like a big space school or something? Or is that just like a regular fucking university? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, yeah, yeah, cause they, uh, yeah, cause it was almost like the opposite of "Don't Look Up," where in "Don't Look Up," the uh, the point is that like a lot of people aren't concerned about it the entire time. This one is just like everyone's concerned about it immediately, and uh, and no one's uh, and absolutely no one's like the government's lying to us or this is being blown out of proportion. Yeah, Wh which especially feels weird to see this come out after COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um. I thought that the concept was a little goofy, but like the the practical design for the uh, AI metallic sandstorm was kind of cool. Yeah, it, it was very alien. Yeah, it it was a really uh, a really good uh, design because it it, it kind of met it like in the middle of what they were going for of like mechanical and organ and organic, whereas uh, whereas like I think to us it. it it looks like a machine, but it acts in its own way. It kind of looks like the robot version of Jean Jacket from Nope. Yeah, that's, that's a good comparison. Yeah. All right. And my fi uh, final one uh, uh, we discussed is they did not build up to the to all the lore well. <laughs> like, it's just uh, like the idea of it isn't used to like drive any scenes. We don't get Easter eggs throughout. It's just a huge info dump in the last 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. They, it seems like they couldn't figure out an ending. Like, they had, they wanted to make this cool concept and they had a lot of cool ideas for it, but they're like, how do we explain all that? How do we wrap it up? And they're like, I don't know, man. Uh, what if we made it like humans made the moon already, and so therefore we could give humans moon powers, and they have to fight a human created mm -hmm. robot tech alien that was trying to kill the it. It just seemed like they needed to come up with something plausible, but they didn't really think of any way to make it like good. Yeah, like a lot of that is stuff that should have gone in a sequel. Yeah. So the I thought that they had a lot of really cool 
shots, like action shots, like all of this stuff where you would get the moon gigantic in the background and you would have, you could like, they sort of visualized what the competing forces of gravity looked like. Like when they, when the waves start kind of one part of earth's waves are going down, but then the moon is, the earth is also pulling pieces of the moon down. They like, as much as you can, you want to just like shit on it for being a little ridiculous. They did a really good job in creating like compositionally some amazing shots. So like, Respect where respect is due. They, for a disaster movie, they nailed that part. Oh, uh, oh yeah, no, those were co- cool shots and just fun concepts to play with. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I think a lot of the time, as living on Earth, you sort of have a hard time understanding astronomical size, both in distance and in how big something is. Where it's like the moon looks small, but that's just a issue of relativity based on the distance it is and you can't really understand that until it's like airplane distance away from you and you're like fuck that thing's bigger than i could ever imagine oh yeah yeah all right well now it's time for our closing statements so i'll start with mine do you like conspiracy theories but don't really want to promote them this just just this does just that explores the thoughts of a few men who ignore science and infuses them with fun. It has disaster movie staples you look for and a little bit more. Moonfall was my favorite movie we've done so far on the podcast. That doesn't mean it was good. I just enjoyed it. (laughs) The acting was flat. The story was bland and without direction, and they somehow couldn't put Michael Pena to good use. He was a dick, but they could have made that more enjoyable. It was just like a, it was enjoyable. Like it, it just wasn't good. It wasn't a good movie. It was all over the place. It ended with robot moon superpowers against a chat GPT GPT powered sandstorm. Like it, it was all over the place. But like, admittedly, I, I enjoyed parts of it. But it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the that was like the most mixed bag closing statement. Yeah, I'm have. sorry. I'm like I realized I'm like I keep I, when we do these, I end up like admitting parts of the movie were good because I enjoy parts of it, but also like I have to be like, no, it was really bad because that's the stance I have to take. So it's it's like enjoyable parts, but like it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> All the hate it deserved it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been film versus. Uh, movie we'll see you guys next time i'm belton delane facey and i'm chris sure come back next week